Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features Pennsylvania-based artist Andrea Fairservice. What I liked most about my chat with Andrea was how relatable she is. You know, aside from having the same name as me, she reminds me a lot of myself because she has so many different things happening between her commissions and prints and she live streams on Twitch and she has subscribers to her Patreon. She sends out email blasts and all of the art marketing things combined together to make up her own unique art business. And of course, you know, I ask her about all the things, (laughs) including which method drives the most sales. And I think her answer might surprise you. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Andrea Fairservice. Hey guys, I'm here with Andrea and I'm excited to chat with you today about art and business and all the things. I actually went onto your Instagram and I noticed you have a Patreon link and you do prints through Redbubble. So I want to ask you about all of that. But before we do that, <laughs> can you give us kind of a just a briefing on who you are and what you do? Where, where are you located? I'm in Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. And so if my voice is raspy today, it's because our Philadelphia Phillies just won the NLCS and they're going to the World Series and I was at the game yesterday. So I don't have the best voice for an interview today, but (laughs) we're just outside of Philly. That's awesome. I actually don't follow baseball at all, but I'm excited for you. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So what is the art market like in Philly? That's a great question. It is very vibrant and it's very diverse. I'm sort of outside of the city in the more suburban area of Philly. So the art market is different right here where I am versus in the city. It's actually really funny because I feel like I'm just now starting to connect with my market locally because I've basically only, my people have always been on the internet. (laughs) So I'm just kind of starting to dip my toe into getting into the scene locally, which is sort of probably reverse the way most artists work, but yeah. (laughs) How did you get your first few sales? And so you do mostly canvas art, right? No. Oh my gosh. I do all sorts of stuff. My first couple sales happened what feels like a long, long time ago. I was just out of college and Vine was a thing. I don't know if you remember Vine, but... Barely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I had just gotten onto Instagram because I wanted to share pictures with some of my friends from a work trip that I was taking when I was a graphic designer. And I also found Vine... And I always loved to paint. And I was just sort of painting little things at home in my spare time. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll take pictures of these or record myself or whatever. And I did that and people were jazzed about it. So I started selling really not great quality prints on Etsy of my crystal watercolor paintings. So that's kind of how it started. And it's sort of evolved with me as I've evolved over the last like 12 years, I guess it's been now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can you give us a, I guess, a short briefing on the last 12 years and how, how it's evolved to, I just want to kind of paint a picture of where you are now. 
Oh, sure. Okay. So to give you as brief a history as possible, I've always been into the fine arts. My, I come from a very crafty, creative, do-it-yourself family. So I've always just sort of had that brain of, oh, I can make it. I can learn to do it. I can whatever. And I've always really loved painting. When I was thinking about going to college, I really wanted to go to art school. Financially, that wasn't an option for my family and I. So I ended up opting to go to a state school here in Pennsylvania. And with the advice of the adults in my life, uh, pursued a degree in graphic design. Because at the time, I was told not a lot out there for fine artists, but lots of jobs for graphic designers. Okay. So I I went after that. I enjoyed that. I, I got my degree in 2009. And I was very lucky that my internship that I had my senior year, I was a package designer there. They hired me full time, which was sort of incredible because we were in a recession and none of my friends were getting jobs in our in our field. And so I worked there for a couple of years. That job sort of dissolved. I had the opportunity to move with them to California, but I already wasn't happy doing what I was doing. I knew this just in my heart wasn't the thing I wanted to be doing. So I chose to not move with the company, even though I really wanted to live in California. I then got a totally different type of job in the fashion industry as a print designer, which was really cool. I was able to do a lot more fine artsy illustrative work. And I was very grateful that they hired me because I had no background in fashion and I'm a self-taught illustrator and painter. So that was a really cool experience. I got, we did tons and tons of work there. Really cool to see my work in places like Macy's and Target and some of my prints once came down the runway for Miami Fashion Week for L Space. And it was it was a very cool, different experience. And my last corporate job, I went back to the package design world, lots of licensed artwork for like Disney, things like that. Very not what I wanted to be doing, but it's a job. And then four or five years ago now, I had the opportunity to leave my full-time job and to begin to really pursue what I wanted to do. And my fine art, you know, sort of be my own boss. While I was working all of those full-time jobs, the whole time on the side, I was sort of moonlighting as a freelance designer, freelance illustrator. I would do commissions. I had my Etsy store, which then evolved into my own personal store. And it was kind of slowly evolving on the side. So a couple of years ago, I left my full-time job. I started a part-time job. I was a life model for a college nearby, which was cool, super cool working in that art department and being with around lots of creative people. And the rest of the time I worked for myself and then the pandemic happened and I lost my part-time job. And that's what propelled me to begin working full-time for myself. And I honestly don't think I would have ever had the guts to leave my part-time job if it weren't for the universe forcing me to <laughs> to do it. So that's kind of a not so short brief of <laughs> how I got here today. No, that's perfect. Yeah, I I love all of that. And <laughs> first off, um so I drew some of those oh, a couple different life models in college. Were you naked? Yes, I was nude. I also <laughs> Good for took, you. <laughs> I mean, I've taken several life drawing classes over the years in college. I had to take a couple and, you know, outside of school too, I, you can kind of go and take night classes and do it. 
So I, I knew what to expect. I had a friend who was doing it and said, you'd be great at this. They would love you. And I think you would really enjoy it. And I really did because I'm an artist. So I got to be in that creative environment. I got to listen in on the teachers and instructors and professors. And I would always leave work super, super inspired. And I met some really wonderful people. And I've modeled at a couple really cool places around the city in Philadelphia. But yeah, people are always like, were you nude? Most of the time I was, but you get over that really quickly, especially if you're working with seasoned artists. It's really just not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the human body. Do yeah. you listen to stuff whenever you were doing like, do you have AirPods in or do you, are you just in your own thoughts? Well, often I worked with one professor in particular and he always, always had music playing. So most of the time, no, I know some models would. There were a few times where I sort of, whatever pose I was in, you could, my one ear was hidden and I would listen to an audiobook or something, but you only sit for about like 20 minutes at a time and then you take a break and then you sit again. So I've never really found it necessary to entertain myself. I'll kind of just be in my own thoughts or yeah, listen to whatever they're playing <laughs> in the studio or listen to them teach. I'm actually doing a little modeling work right now for a a art center that's kind of like down the street from me. It's for a sculpture class and they're just, it's just like a bust, but it's been incredible to sit for them because I am a two-dimensional artist and I've never ever worked with sculptors and it's been really, really neat to see them work. So I've been listening to everything they're talking about and <laughs> doing in class because it's been a great learning experience for me. That would be kind of cool to just own a piece oh. of one that like if somebody, <laughs> do you have one? No, no. <laughs> my, I have a friend that's, she works at the art center and she's taking this class. And so she recommended me to be the model. And she said, I'm giving you this head. I'm like, I don't want my own. I have to live with my own head every single day. I don't need one in my, <laughs> in my house. You can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. So now what is your main source of income? Commissions, print work? Man, that's a really great question. It honestly fluctuates. I think lots of artists sort of have main roots for income and they kind of stick with that. And for me, it's sort of been all over the place. I really, really feel like I'm still very new to this, even though I'm like two years into technically working full-time for myself. But I'm, I kind of have ADHD and I sort of am always like investigating other ways to, you know, see what works for me and whatever. So right now, currently, I'd say my biggest source of income is probably my Patreon. And also when I stream on Twitch, I have a really cool group of people that come hang out with me and it's very steady if I steadily stream. So, but next to that would be prints in my web store and probably then freelancing commissions. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's start with Patreon and then I'm going to ask about Twitch. Okay. That. But okay. So Patreon, how long have you been doing it? And tell us about all the tiers because I get asked questions of this quite sure. a bit. I'm sure people are interested. Since August of last year, I started it. Soon, like you're fairly recent. Yeah, yeah. And look, I want to be perfectly transparent. I don't have a giant following by any means on Patreon. I have a small group of people who are very 
wonderful and loyal to my work. And so I know some people, their Patreons are incredibly successful and mine's definitely not there yet but it for sure helps to pay my bills every month. So speaking of tiers, I have three tiers. My first tier, I should know how much these things cost off the top of my head. It's like four or $5 or something like that. And you'll get my written content, blog posts, digital downloads. I have a Discord where if you want, we can like chat and share work. And you know, you can kind of ask me questions, like an easy way to sort of like talk to me and then the rest of the Patreon group can see the conversations if there's questions and stuff like that. The second tier, it's that stuff plus any tutorials that I will share via my Patreon. So either video tutorials or just like static PDF tutorials that you can save. And then the most expensive, that's like $9, I believe. The most expensive one is the one that most people have signed up for. It's $20 a month. And you get those things, but you also get like a discount for my store all the time, like a coupon that never expires. And the main thing is, is you get mail from me every month. So I will send out little originals or, or these past several months, I've been sending out working through a series of little prints that kind of all go together. So this month will be actually the last in the series, but they're exclusive prints that will never be for sale they're just for the people who sign up for my shooting star tier on Patreon. And yeah, it's really cool to see that people want to pay a subscription every month to receive a little bit of mail from me. And um, every month when I fill when I fill that order out, essentially, my heart just explodes the whole time because I'm so grateful for these people. <laughs> yeah, it is nice to know you have like super fans really that oh. believe in you enough. Mm-hmm. And how do you promote this Patreon package? <laughs> I can be <laughs> way better at it. I will occasionally talk about it on Instagram. However, it's the algorithm. I don't want to be one of those people who complain about social media, but the algorithm literally will see that you say the word Patreon in your posts and suppress it from your following. It's very clear when I talk about Patreon things. I, you know, I have a, a few thousand people following me and I'll have 70 people will have interacted with it or something. So it makes it really difficult and frustrating and uh, I kind of haven't recently because I just get down on um, the time and effort I spend on a post to promote something that doesn't go anywhere. So I'm trying to trying to be a good marketing lady and work on my email list and getting in better contact with people on my email list because I have the most control over that. Yeah, and I'll talk about it on Twitch. And um, but it really it's mostly Instagram, I'd say. Okay. And then how are you getting people on your newsletter? Because I saw that So whenever you go to your Instagram and then you have your links and then it goes to all of your different links to the things, (laughs) do people mostly find it that way or do you promote it or like, tell us about your newsletter? So there's a few different ways you can sign up. I think when you go to my website, there's probably a pop-up. There definitely is a pop-up that's like, hey, have you signed up? I know it's probably so obnoxious, but I feel like I have to do it. When you purchase something from my store, there's the option to auto sign up. There's several different ways and people find their way to it. It's kind of crazy. Every time I log back onto my newsletter, the company I use for my newsletter service, I'll see more and more people there. And I will ask myself the 
same question because I, I don't often promote that either. What company do you use for for it's, your newsletter? It's Mail. It's just Mailchimp. I found them to often, be easy. Okay. How often do you send things out? Oh, not often. I feel like I'm the worst interview right now. They're <laughs> <laughs> keeping it real, which Part, is great. I do like to keep it real. I know myself, and I just delete. Especially if I see people sending me emails every day or once, I'm just, that's not important. So I only send newsletters, emails out when I have absolutely important information to share. So if I have a new, big new release on my website, if I'm going to have a sale, if something is going on with my Patreon that I'm like, Hey, if you're not signed up, you probably want to be signed up for this. Things like that. I send out the most newsletter reminders, things like that around the holiday season, around Black Friday. But, you know, I get the numbers right in front of me from my like analytics breakdown and people don't see them because they're inundated around that time of year. So I try to be very aware, very choosy of when I send out emails because I want to keep people on my list. And I want to I think when you sign up, I in my thing, it says like, I promise I won't bug you. And I really mean it. Like I really only, if you see my name in your inbox, I want you to be like, oh, something's important happening. So, and you click and open it. That's a really good way to think about it too, because I think a lot of us think, oh my gosh, we have to send out something regularly. That sounds terrible. And Mm -hmm. that sounds like so much more work, but really if you just reframe your thinking around, this is just another way to direct contact people. When you have something that you're really wanting to selling or something new that it's coming out. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> well, and you made the point of it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. I am a one person show here. So even just to gather information for an email and get it out, it's like half days worth of work for me because you got to, you know, edit your pictures and edit your design and get all your information and make sure your website's up to par. And it's so much. It's important to me to spend my time making quality work and letting the people who are interested in my work know it's not like the boy who cried wolf or whatever is like every week like hey 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 it's like no this is this is it this is the thing you guys have been waiting for and kind of just save that time or use that time to create the work and then set time aside for marketing things like that that take more time usually you know for the really important things what does that's how mean? it is now anyway. Not that's not that might not be the way it stays, but that's how it is for right now anyway. <laughs> okay. Speaking of, you know, prioritizing painting and then doing marketing things, what does a day in your life look like? And or maybe a week, like how much time do you spend on doing the painting versus the other things? Oh man, that really depends on what I have going on. If I have commissions, I will spend, you know, most of my time working on the commissions. But a week or like day by day, I usually have something floating around here I would show you, but I don't know where it is right now. I have a little schedule for myself every single day. Oh, I see it over. It's like buried behind some stuff. But I will take the time to sort of write out a schedule every day and sort of break down hour by hour or chunks of hours, whatever, um, what I feel like I want to accomplish and do. And that kind of changes every day based on my priorities. Because the, the way I make money is from a bunch of different areas. It's kind of always fluctuating. But I will try to spend a little time every single day trying to make art. And if I can't 
carve out enough time that I think is worth it, I will usually end up spending some of that time, you know, thinking about social media posts or editing photos, video, something like something like that. But a lot of my time, I try to clean a little bit every day because it becomes a disaster up here. And every day there's definitely time set aside for emails and checking on invoices and those sorts of things. But yeah, it's always changing, which I like. That's kind of how I operate. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Uh, So you have a section, a link to go to your prints on Redbubble. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think that's probably not what most fine artists do. (laughs) For a while, I was selling prints myself through my shop and having a stock of prints um, ready to go. And just where I'm at right now in my own pursuits professionally, it was not financially the best route for me. I mean, financially and like time-wise to get prints made Getting really good fine art prints is expensive. It's very time consuming. It's a lot of things, but the main thing it was for me was expensive and it just wasn't worth it. The time, effort and money. I mean, even just to pack and ship these things, if I'm going to sell 11 by 14 print for $50, I have to make sure it's packaged so it arrives safely. And so even just like the cost of packaging and shipping it all was not working out. And my printer was not working out for me. So I decided to give Redbubble a shot while I still sort of like work out other things. And Redbubble has been really great. The quality of their work is great. And I don't think it's like a drop ship. It's like a, you know, like a third party. I upload my work And I can choose to have it on more than just art prints. And they get most of the money for the work, but I get a chunk. And it's worked out really great because all I have to do is upload my art and the rest is taken care of by Redbubble. So yeah, that's worked out really great for me, especially the couple times that a few videos of mine have gone viral. Viral. I don't want to say that sounds so... Some of them got some traction and the people who are on TikTok looking at videos can afford the things on Redbubble. So it's really easy for them to just click and see everything and purchase everything and get everything in like a super timely manner and I get a payout every month. So once again, I don't know if that's how I'm going to operate forever, but that's how I'm operating right now. And it's really nice to be able to have a resource like that to get my work out to people in a more affordable way for both me and the consumer. Yes. Yeah. Ease of transaction is worth so much. I completely understand. Yeah. I I went like quote viral on TikTok Mm -hmm. a couple like last January and I had so many orders and shipping them out. I was like, I don't know if I want to do that again. Yeah, I got to figure something else out. Like it's great to have money, but like packaging things up is kind of boring. Oh my God. It's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. It's the worst. And like mistakes are going to be made. Like like, they're going to be, and things are going to get lost and you have to do it again. And it's like, and then it's, then it's up to you to sort of then be like customer service. (laughs) Like I'm just an artist. Yeah. No, I, Yes. So it's been a good resource for me for now. (laughs) 
Yeah. Where are you getting the majority of your customers? Like, how are they contacting you? Because the main thing, I think a lot of people listen to podcasts like this, which are art art business, because they want to make money as an artist. And they're like, how are you finding all of these customers? Where can I get these customers? Well, for sure, my original base of customers came from Instagram. I was very lucky to get the small <laughs> following that I have before like the algorithm things happened and they've stuck that's like with 25, me. That's like 25,000 followers or something like that. That's <laughs> yeah, <but> small. <laughs> I mean, it's very small compared to like the grand scheme of things, I think. But I was lucky enough that they kind of came along when followers were generated more like naturally. Organically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you've had like 20 some thousand followers for a while. Yes. And it's plateaued. <laughs> it's just <laughs> stayed there. So it definitely Instagram and the internet in general. Yeah. And it's so funny. It's like the first question you asked me was about locally. And I've done some shows a while ago for with Prince and things like that, where you like go to an art show and split a table with a friend or whatever. I realized very quickly, like, oh yeah, all my people are on the internet. Because <laughs> it's like, I kind of have like a specific look to my work. It's just funny to realize like, oh yeah, they're not just, they seem like they're all right here with me, but they're kind of all over the world. So, but to answer your question, Instagram is really the main source, I think. And now of TikTok too, I'd, I'd say, but the internet in general. Okay. Are they messaging you like in your direct messages? Are they sending you emails? Like how are people just, are they, are they just going to your website and ordering? So it depends on what they want. People can go to my website and buy originals and, you know, head over and buy prints and things like that. And then people will direct message me or email me for commissions and things like that. I'd say the, the majority though of sales comes from prints and work from my store though. Okay. So say I want to commission something from you and mm-hmm. I message you. What does what your process look like? And also pricing. We love to talk about money. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, first I would beg you to please email me because DMing is just... I can't keep up with it and things get lost. And uh, I am able to keep much better track of things uh, via email. <laughs> but every now and again, I'll see a comment or a, D- a DM or something. And I'll, so we start off usually with an email exchange and the client will always have something in mind that they want, whether it's a, from a personal photo or I just did a commission for a leather jacket that I painted the graphics on. And so they always kind of know what they want ahead of time. I'll talk to them about the medium they want to paint it in timeline, size, things like that. And then I will generally give them a quote. Usually I try to keep my commissions, they start at about 500 for eight by 10 ish, you know, that could vary in size and it depends on the medium as well. But it really depends on a lot of things, size, medium, timeline, the complexity of the subjects, all sorts of things. I have a spreadsheet where I have jumping off points for commission prices, but it's so difficult. I'm sure you talk about this a lot, how difficult of a time artists have pricing out their work and commissions feel the same for me. I don't have a set price list because every piece is just totally different. And also I want to work with my clients and and get them their work. So I don't want to make having original fine art 
this like thing that only a small group of people can afford to have. So I also will work with people as far as like a payment system goes too, which has been working out really great. I'll ask for a deposit upfront, depending on the quoted price. I'll usually either ask for half or a quarter of what the quoted price is. And then my hard and fast rule is I will only send out final artwork until after I've received the final payment. But then my clients are able to pay me incrementally as I work through a piece because it takes time too. And that seems to have worked out really well so far with everybody. And it seems to make it a little more manageable and less scary for a potential client, you know, when they get a quote for a few thousand dollars or something like that, if it's going to be a project that lasts four months or whatever, makes it a little more manageable for them, which is great because it helps to get me more work also. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. It's just nice to to know, you know, it's everybody's different processes and just the way we do it. And I like, I really like how you mentioned, you know, you work with people and it's not people don't need to be super rich to afford art. It's just yeah. that there's all these different levels to it. Yeah. And also there's my experience and my success too as an artist. I'm not like Monet or something. So, you know, I have to keep my own successes in mind too when pricing things out and not try not to overprice and also try not to like sell myself short and, you know, make sure that the time that I will be spending on this piece and just interacting back and forth with my client, I'm compensated for. So it's just like, man, no one ever prepares you when you go into business for yourself, like for these mental head games (laughs) that you have to play with yourself. Yeah, that's so true. I was just this past weekend on a call with a, a mural customer and what he was wanting was something very detailed, but so cool. It was like just this underwater, overwater thing. And it was just going to be very imaginative and cool. And I was just like, I got off the phone with him and I was like, ah, oh, I know what I probably should be pricing at, but I'm scared to tell him that. And I'm like, maybe I'll just do it for less because it's going to be a lot of fun. And like, it's just so tough yeah. to price exactly like by time. And then there's some projects that, you know, I make really good money at. And so I'm like, well, I made decent here. Yeah. That's the thing too, is you have to consider who the client is and there's just so much to think about. And because I'm not like, I don't know, Target or something like, you know, like a huge business, they could just be like $5,000 for this, whatever. It's not, that's not how this works. So maybe one day though. That'd be nice. Maybe (laughs) for some things, I guess, but yeah, it's so difficult and it's, so tough too, because I want to advocate for myself and in turn, like advocate for other artists and designers out there and let people know like our time is valuable and we should be paid for it. I've seen it a lot and I'm occasionally will go on little preachy rants on my Instagram about corporate clients wanting to hire artists, designers, whomever for exposure. They pay you in exposure by like, oh, we'll post your picture on our Instagram page. And it's like, we need to let that go. Let that idea, like, no, we want money for our time and efforts. And so trying to help people get a piece of fine art, but also 
get the idea out there that, you know, artists and designers are, our skills are valuable. <laughs> so I could rant about that forever though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So to wrap this up, can you, do you have any, I guess, advice for artists who are just starting out in the very beginning who don't have commissions coming in yet? And they're just like, ah, this is so foreign to me. What's a good advice for the artist that's just starting? Oh man, good advice. Do what you love. Don't try to do what you think will gain you popularity or get other people to see your work. Try to stay as authentic to yourself as possible and just do what you love. If you do that, people will see that and sense the authenticity in your work and gravitate to you naturally. And that goes not just for your artwork, but who you are as a person, you know, the whole uh, Instagram versus reality thing. And I always just try to be as authentic as I possibly can be uh, for things like this. And when I put myself out there, because I think people are also really drawn to knowing an artist or feeling like they know who an artist is. And so, you know, if you let your personality shine through your work and just be your authentic self, I think it really helps to your work will find the people it's supposed to find. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. Don't, don't overthink it really. Yeah. Just have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, really. And I think my other piece of yeah. advice would be don't be afraid to fail, which may sound kind of corny, but it's true. I, especially when I'm on Twitch, and I'm working through a project, people, I, I see comments constantly of people saying, oh, I wish I could do that. Or there's no way I could ever do that. Or I tried to do that. I'm terrible. This, Whatever. Yeah. When we all start, none of us know what we're doing. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, a lot of times I still don't know what I'm doing as I'm working through a piece. I'll have moments where I'm like, oh my God, how did I get here? And how do I get out of this? But it's just trying, trying to make something, trying a new medium, trying a new subject whatever is progress. Even if you feel like the final piece that you end up with is not what you hoped it would be, you still made the effort to sit down and do some work. And I always, always say this, no matter what, you still gained experience in some way, shape or form. There's some positive that came out of it and you still sat down and did the work and you're never going to get anywhere if you don't do that, do try to do the work. So don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to make things that you don't love because that's going to happen a lot, a lot. So much of the stuff I make, I'm like, but you know, that's, it's part of it. And uh, just sort of try to not get down on yourself. If you feel like the piece you've worked through isn't great as a failure, you don't like it, whatever try to think, hey, good job, pat myself on the back for taking the time out to do this for myself. And I promise you, you will see progress. You really will. <laughs> okay. And actually, as you're talking, I'm like, wait, 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 I forgot to ask you about Twitch. Because oh. <laughs> you're doing all these different things. I want to just kind of get all these. So what is the point of being on Twitch? <laughs> what? Because I, this is one thing I have no idea about. What do you oh. talk about? What do you do? What do you get fans from there? What do they buy things? Like, <laughs> Oh my God. Let me tell you about Twitch. For anybody who's unfamiliar with it, it's a streaming platform that I think 
really gained popularity with gamers. People, you know, sit on there and play video games and um, thousands and thousands of people watch them and it's madness. And there's like a chat room and all sorts of stuff. And uh, I'd say last January, I randomly saw another artist I follow post something about having a stream on Twitch. And I was like, that's really interesting. Lots of people have asked me about doing live streams on Instagram and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm nervous about being live somewhere, but it just, I don't know. All the live things I'd seen, it wasn't like super good quality or what, I was making excuses. So I thought Twitch. So I logged on and immediately found that there is a small subsect of Twitch for artists. And it is genuinely the most wonderful community of incredibly supportive and talented people. I, I'm kind of speechless <laughs> when I start talking about it. It's, it's been the coolest experience. So you asked me what I do when I stream. I make art. So I have a bunch of cameras and I will sit and paint and there's a camera on my face. There's a camera on whatever I'm working on and I have a chat room and I basically work live with whoever decides to come hang out with me in my chat and they can ask me questions and it's a lot of goofing off. <laughs> and um, But man, I'm not kidding you when I say I've made some real genuine, incredible friendships from the people I've met on Twitch. I've met some of them in real life. This past summer, my boyfriend and I took a trip to Colorado and one of my Twitch friends was out there. He's just starting to do tattoos. And I said, Poe, I'm coming and you're giving me a tattoo. And it was like the first time I'd ever met him. And it was just so wonderful. But a lot of, I'd say some of the most supportive people, customers that I have, have come from Twitch. They are so loyal. And I swear it's because it's like hanging out face to face. They get to see the real me. They get to see the piece coming together live. They get to see how I work in real time. And it's a really, really cool place for me as an artist, but I think also for people who just do art for fun or whatever to hang out and get like this, essentially like FaceTime with some really incredible artists and listen to them talk about their work or just be silly and be themselves and talk about whatever. But it's just a very authentic experience on like a whole other level than what I think Instagram and Facebook or whatever can offer. So if you're into art, I highly recommend checking out the art section on Twitch and checking out some some people's streams because there and it's like not just painters, there's sculptors, there's potters, there's digital artists, there's jewelers, woodcutter. I mean, it's runs the gamut. It's crazy. Okay, so I never knew that. I didn't so it's <laughs> mostly a an artist community on there. Do you do many people like go from there to your Patreon or is it more of just like gaining fans and followers. They'll go all over the place. So also Twitch is this weird little thing that I still don't understand. I really don't get it, but it works. People can subscribe to you and they pay $5 a month or whatever to be subscribed to you. And they get some things out of it, some special things from my stream. It's not like Patreon, it's different. 
So I see revenue coming from Twitch just by streaming. I don't necessarily have to deliver a, a product to the people who s- subscribe to me. The product is the experience with me, I guess, which sounds really like <laughs> like pompous to say. But Twitch is huge and it is mostly for gamers and stuff. But I think that's why the art community that's on Twitch is so magical because it's very small and it's very like loving and authentic. Whereas like, I think a lot of stuff that you hear coming out from Twitch could be like really like intense or negative, but that's from a different community. That's not from the art community. It's a whole other world in our little space. Yeah. So people will subscribe to me there, but they will go to my Patreon or I've gotten commissions from Twitch friends, and then I can work on their commission live and they can see me work through it. Or they'll go to my website and buy things there or buy prints there or whatever. It's just like another door to get people to see all the other things I offer. Um, How often are you streaming? Well, I haven't streamed that much lately. I would really love to be able to stream like twice a week. For a while, I was doing two and three times a week. I kind of fell out of it for a little bit because I was having a hard time balancing making quality work while being on stream, which is a me problem, problem, like an ADD problem. I was finding that I was sort of getting obsessed with having like a really fancy stream with like a lot of bells and whistles. So you can program it to for all this sorts of stuff to happen when people do things in the chat and the set. So I kind of like found myself going away from just making art and wanting to be like a programmer, essentially. And it stressed me out because I wasn't making super high quality work while on stream. I was more worried about like the technical side of things. So I sort of took a step back and I'm coming back into it now and um, letting everyone know like, hey, It's going to be a little more pared down because I want to make good work for everybody. But my goal would be two or three times a week. And that's kind of, I think, the general sort of schedule for most artists that uh, stream. Some of them stream five days a week, which is just unbelievable. But it's like, I'll try to stream two or three days a week for at least four hours at a time. So a big chunk of my work day. I gotcha. Well, that's... I'm not going to do that, but I think somebody <laughs> listening will, I think that will resonate with somebody. And oh yeah. Like we have, we've had some people in the, in the artist Academy, like Austin, he was big on TikTok and what he loved to go live on TikTok. So streaming on Twitch was his next thing. And that's really the only time I've heard about it, but I love how it's not just a mainstream thing. Like Instagram and TikTok are like, everybody's doing it. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of people on Twitch, but it's like this little niche area. And I, yeah. I, I love how you mentioned how, it's just a very positive space as well. It sounds awesome. Oh my God, it is. It's wonderful. It does feel kind of niche to me anyway. Yeah, it's, you mentioned that person being on TikTok, like doing TikTok lives. And when I was sort of getting like overwhelmed with the technical side of things, because you can really have a lot of fancy bells and whistles on your stream where it looks like a truly professional production with graphics and all sorts of stuff. I think that's why I've sort of like avoided doing TikToks and Instagram lives because it's literally just like a camera and I want to have more (laughs) control over what I'm doing. But also I found that it's really cool to have these streams because the stream will save. I can download the stream afterwards, cut up that footage and then do like a tutorial, which is like a two for one if I do it. (laughs) I have to do it. 
<laughs> Heck yeah, repurposing content. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is all I have for today. Thank you so much for coming on yeah. and talking about all the different things and just keeping it real with us. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. And if you like hearing interviews just like this in your ear, if they inspire you, then I want to encourage you to go download the audible version of my new book, Mural Money. It's a condensed version of basically all of the best of the best tips given here on the podcast from guests, plus my own words of wisdom to help you get started in any art industry, plus stories of some hard lessons learned that I have never told before. You can pick up a copy at muralmoney.com. And again, I highly recommend the Audible version. I put a lot of tender love and care to make sure the Audible was extra special. It had some extra goodness in there. And it's really for any artist, but especially those wanting to make a profit from a paintbrush. Muralmoney.com. That's it. I'll see you next week.